I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I'm Ollie Davis, and I'm joined for the last time this year, everybody. Luke Owen, D A D. To specify, you know, uh, first of all, hello, Ollie Davis, and hello to you, Swaff Nation. How the devil are you? But um, more so, we need to do. We need to clarify that there will mm. be episodes with us coming out for the rest of this year. Oh yeah. Because we've got the best wrestlers of 2021 coming out this Friday. That's me and you. We're on the Christmas special together, which will be on Christmas Day. And we're also on the 2022 predictions video, which will go out at the end of the month. Uh, But as for live episodes, yeah, this is my last live episode for the month. So, in fact, if you get a day, you know, a a twice a week dose of Ollie and Luke, that's going to that ratio is going to stay exactly the same. Uh, Not next week, it won't. Well, there's three videos you said. Yeah, I know, but two of those are coming out this week. But it's, it's Christmas total, this Saturday. I, I just want to remind you, in Christmas, it's this Saturday. In total, that is four videos over two weeks, mm. which is the exact same as normal. Do you? Um, I was going through. I recorded the 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 best matches and best pay per views with Adam and mm. Pete today, which will be going out on Boxing Day, I believe. Um, do you want to hear some of the uh, matches that got nominated but had like very few nominations actually, you know, to contribute to them into getting into even to the top 15? Would you like to hear some like the sort of singular nominational matches? Is this going to be exclusively Brian's pro wrestling Noah matches? <laughs> it is not, no. Oh no, my I mean, God, are... I did it again. Oh, I Tempest. just really did do it again. Do you know what it is? Holy because when you crap. said it, when you said it, I was like, I don't remember Danielson doing any Noah matches this year. But yes, no, you really Tempest's uh, Noah matches. Oh, why are... didn't you just why didn't you just call him Tempest? Like in day-to-day life. Because we've been through this, because on Discord, the way we communicate remotely with each other, I tag in his actual name, who whatever that is. <laughs> And that and, and now it's become such a thing. Do you ever get this when people keep calling you up on something and you're like, well, I'm not going to do that again. Mm. But then it becomes a thing in your head and it's like, don't say the name, don't say the names, don't say the name. Name. It's- yeah. Well, I mean, I was going to say this is potentially spoilers for people who are looking forward to it. I'm not going to reveal what's in the top 15, obviously, but I can tell you what's not in the top mm. 15. For example, Kenny Omega versus Ray Phoenix. 
is not in the great top match. 15. Yeah, great match, but you know, I think there's been better. Uh, Bobby Lashley versus The Miz got one point, got one nomination. <laughs> what? Come on. <laughs> Which um, one? The one from Raw, oh, no, there I was, imagine. There was only one, wasn't there? The big yeah. one. Uh, Miro versus Eddie Kingston, only got <laughs> two points uh, from All Out. Also, only getting two points. I was surprised by this. Kenny Omega versus Pack versus Orange Cassidy from Double or Nothing. I think that's a sleeper hit. It's like, I feel like anything with Cassidy in is going to have a lot of people just automatically not vote for it. And not even because those people necessarily might not like it. It's just because comedies don't hold the same weight as dramas. Just look at the Oscars. Mm. Uh, interestingly as well, Charlotte Flair versus Becky Lynch from Survivor Series only got three points. Mm. Well, it, it was decent, but nowhere near a top 10 or 20 matches of the year, I think. But it also accidentally... Not accidentally, I suppose, because you can't be accidentally in there when it's a nomination, things like this. But because of the way the point system works, it's also in the top 15 of the worst matches of the year because someone <laughs> voted for it as their worst match of 2021, which gave it five points. Name and shame. Let's dox them. <laughs> so, yeah, that actually ended up being tied with Lacey Evans versus Charlotte Flair from WWE Raw and Zelina versus Carmella from SmackDown. Two oh, matches I don't, I don't remember. Come on. That's and it's ridiculous. only one point less than Alexa Bliss versus Shayna Baszler from Hell in a Cell. That's ridiculous. That, these, are, these are nonsense. I it think we need to curate who is submitting stuff <laughs> better. Uh, I actually don't know who did that. I do remember it being like a, quite surprised to see that, though. Um, in that worst matches thing, actually, like the mid... The Miz versus Drew McIntyre from Elimination Chamber uh, got one nomination, well, one point from nominations. Mm. Eva Marie versus Dewdrop also got one nomination for Worst Match of the Year. Mm. Lana versus Nia Jax. The uh, Super Click versus Jurassic Express and Christian Cage from Full Gear got one point. For, for Worst Match of the Year? Yeah. In fact, Ooh, actually, the, per a... the person who voted for that also voted for Full Gear to be one of the worst pay-per-views of the year. Wow. Mm. Well, you know, like, I guess if that style of wrestling is not to your taste, it will turn you off completely. This one might surprise you as well. And when I say surprise you, you'll just you'll have forgotten that it happened. Drew McIntyre versus Jinder Mahal from SummerSlam. Oh, God. <laughs> yes. Was that? I can't even remember what happened, but that was the feud based around, you, you know, Drew with his motorbike. He's, he's, he's all got it. <laughs> What was it? No, it's not a motorbike. It was mm. a uh, what was it called? A motorcycle vehicle or something? Uh, a slam cycle. What was I? But yeah, you're right. It did have a WWE speak name where they've they've translated it into another language and then tried to translate it back into English, and it comes back as local medical facility or something or other. Let me let me Google this. Motorcycle slam cycle. <laughs> um. It's a slam cycle vehicle. Slam cycle vehicle. To, but I swear it had a, on the box, it had another stupid name. I'm on Argos now. No, I need a picture of the box because the box is what has the stupid name for it. Right, I'm gonna work they have an obscene amount of pictures for this product. <laughs> 
I actually nearly had that as a job once, um, taking photos what? of taking photos of toys for uh, websites. That sounds a little bit awesome, though. Yeah, it was. It was going to be really cool, and I was really. I, that was when I was um, doing uh, my first batch of like freelancing work for WrestleTalk, mm. and I was trying to find like a, and also a job that would like make sure I could pay my bills and stuff. <laughs> hey, we pay now. We came good in the end. Yeah. You made the right bet. So I think it was it was the Slam Cycle was the Reckon Slam Cycle featuring Drew McIntyre figure. Yeah, it was it was Reckon Slam Cycle vehicle was what it was called. Right, okay. Yeah, so not a motorbike. Yeah, and the Slambulance vehicle as well was the other one. <laughs> Slambulance is great. Slambulance. Although is that great. got a complaint, didn't it? I remember because I wrote, I covered it in the news. Uh, a mother in the UK was very annoyed because she didn't want to promote violence against our the NHS frontline workers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, uh, getting points for worst match of the year: Wardlow versus Jake Hager in their MMA fights. I got a kick out of it, but I was Tempest voted for that. It was a. I can easily see how people would see that as naff. Yeah, I mean, it got it got one point. Um, mm. uh, what it was the rock the rock battle royal? Did you vote for that? As one of the worst matches of the year? Oh, I could have done. I think you did. I was just also, annoyed about the egg. You know, when I'm, we voted for these, it was like a week after November. I, well, I mean, yeah, I, that that is reflected. You'll see that in when the videos come out. But you know, I said that Charlotte Flair versus Becky Lynch with its five points um, was the same level of worseness as. Uh, Zelina Vega versus Carmella, Lacey Evans versus Charlotte Flair. Um, it was also, according to our nominations, as bad as Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose versus Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler from Come the Raw after WrestleMania. No. Well, you know, that, that could have been a good match, let down by a weird finish. Yeah. I think I got two nominations, but only five points. Yeah, it's been very fun collating all of this together. I very much enjoyed it. Uh, anyway, we need to get into the main show itself. We're talking about the ending of War, which felt a bit weird. Was it a botch? Here's the show. Was there a botch on the main event of last night's episode of Raw? I think so. I'm Ollie Davis. I'm joined by Luke Owen, D-A-D, and your jam, that champion. Where's the belt, Luke? Uh, the belt is right here on its velvet pillowcase, ready to be put over my shoulder. You actually took it home. Yeah, I did. I actually remember to take it home this time. Yeah, I know, yeah. right? Yeah, we are doing this remotely, If you, in case you couldn't quite tell. We are doing this remote because the numbers are rising, Christmas is coming, we're trying to be as safe as we possibly can to protect our loved ones, so we're at home. It would be nice to see our families this Christmas, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah, so we're going to give yeah. that a go. <laughs> yeah. uh, please give us a subscribe it's the best christmas gift you can give a youtuber this year and it is free for you it's just, just do it just press, press the subscribe button smash the thumbs up button all that stuff and get in Ooh. an ultra chat to wrestletalk.com forward slash support or read out every single one over five dollars not only that but there's a link in that video description down below 
It's a video. It's a link to geology. You can go take your thirty-second quiz, and you will get a tailor-made skincare routine, making <clears throat> handsome a habit. Click the link in the video description down below. Take their quick thirty-second quiz, and it will basically give you the skincare routine that you need. Both Ollie and I use it, which is why we look so great at the moment. And you can get fifty percent off your order using our link. Love to you all. Thank you so much to Geology for sponsoring this episode. Be talking more about them after our main discussion point, which is the main event of Raw. How will they coexist? <clears throat> we had Big E and Bobby Lashley, who's a baby face now. I think that's pretty clear. He wasn't even supposed to be in this feud. And now it's all about him against yeah. Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins, who admittedly are freaking fantastic together. So, so great together. And it, it is weird. I'll say this now. It's weird that they're just friends. Like they are apropos of nothing, are just mates now. Um, okay, do you, want, do you want to defend it? Well, no, no, you've got the story that, you know, the really cool psychological destruction of Kevin Owens before Bobby got involved. And then you've got the story after Bobby got involved. They're two distinct stories with different characters. You know when, um, like, American Horror Story, and they have an episode, and it's like, you know, it's 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 an isolated thing. And then the next episode, you know, maybe the same actors playing different things. That's what this is. They're just completely different characters and stories. They're just two heels now, yucking it up together, because the big, strong baby faces need some heels to beat up. I'm amazed there's not four more of them, to be honest. You know, just throwing well, like the throwing the Miz and someone else together with them. Kevin Owens has re-signed, so no need to do any more of that interesting <laughs> storytelling. <laughs> what a fool! He signed the paper and everything. You're a comedy goofball now, KO. <laughs> Wear these silly suits with Seth Rollins. That's your thing now for three years. <laughs> yeah. But having said that, what a lovely payday, though. What an excellent payday he's getting out of it. <laughs> yeah, you, can't, you can't hate the guy. He's doing for his family. That, that is character consistency. He's oh, been yeah. saying that since NXT. Yep. Uh, he is the prize fighter. Anyway, this uh, this uh, main event, pretty good. Went about eight minutes. You know, it's the people in the ring. Of course, it's going to be good. Lashley had all the babyface spots. He got the hot tag. He got the impressive delayed standing suplex. He even told MVP not to come out so he can win this alone. And there was sort of a, a show of respect between him and Big E. So, yeah, completely different story to what they had been telling. But then Bobby accidentally spears Big E. He turns and he's like, oh, no. You'd think that would lead to him getting pinned. But no, he then just speared Kevin Owens. He gets the pin locked in. One, two, three. And then everybody goes, uh. And then Seth Rollins goes, oh, shoot. And he, he goes to stomp Bobby Lashley, but then doesn't actually stomp him. Like, he, he withdraws. Because I think that was the spot that was meant to break up the pin. I think that was what it was supposed to be as well, because then Rollins is looking at the referee being like, wait, what? Because <laughs> like Rollins was so off the points because like I've, I've watched it back a couple of times because I was trying to get the image for the thumbnail. And it really is a case of the referee counts three and then Rollins comes into frame to break up the pins. So it wasn't even like he missed <laughs> it by a bit. He missed it by quite a chunk. And then he's just looking at the referee being like, wait, what? That was three. And the referee's like, yep, that was three. It's all over. And Bobby Lashley just sort of like 
rolls off Kevin Owens and just sort of like, oh, now I'm selling. And Kevin Owens is just like, oh my God, what a rips. But, but KO's also like, was that two? <laughs> Even though he just got speared and he's meant to be selling. Like, no, 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 it was two. And the commentary team are like, I think the match is still going on. <laughs> yep, I think it's over. And then they went to the post-match angle, which was Owens and Rollins beating down uh, Big E and uh, Bobby Lashley, and then embracing in the ring like they're the best mm. of mates and always have been. Like, that's the bit that I think that sort of sticks in my craw a little bit. Like, I, I kind of like the two of them working together to take Bobby Lashley out of the match. It's them yucking it up in the ring as their heels being like, oh, we swerved you all. We're now friends and we're hugging and shaking each other's hands. That's the bit I, I can't really get on board with. Would you be on board with that if they won the match? Because presumably that's what was meant to happen. I thought it was meant to be. I, if, if I was a betting man, which I'm not, I probably would have been a DQ finish. Mm-hmm. Some form of yeah. DQ finish, and like you know, Bobby Lashley gets up, starts being up both, and then the referee just calls the match off, something along those lines. Or maybe like the referee's like, "Oh my God, Rollins, you just you stomped his head into the ground. That's not cool. DQ or something along those lines." <laughs> you so, hit your finisher. Exactly. Disqualified. Something rubbish like that. Geeks qualify them, and. I, so I, I don't know what the supposed to finish was, but this did feel like it wasn't what was supposed to be the finish. Well, KO has, of course, now been pinned twice in two weeks. Get used okay. to that, Kevin. Go for the title. Three years. Go for the oh. title next weekend. So I, um, yeah, I, I did not mind the final image, which is of Owens and Rollins. They're, you know, initially they're standing next to each other celebrating, then they turn away from each other. They're walking in opposite directions, but looking over each other's like shoulders in a way that you do as a heel to be like, yeah, I'm going to beat up the other guy now. And then they both turned, ran towards each other, best friends hug. I liked it because I think this has actually been coherently told through this episode and last week as well. They have been working together, definitely. Last week, Kevin Owens came out to punch Rollins in the face as a way to help him win the match. and But they haven't quite made up together or gotten on that level. And this was them revealing that. Um, I'm also completely in love with the idea of two people who are famous for turning on their partners every time getting put in an act together. And, and there's so much that feels like Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho, which I have a, a big, big fondness for. I think they'll be a really fun tag act together. Also, shout out, joining us in the chat, the Enforcer from Going In Raw has joined us in the chat. Hello, Enforcer. Oh, Merry um, Christmas. And a Merry Christmas. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I do like the idea of them being an act together because like the, the promo segments they had last week, like when they were, you know, who's going to go down and beat up Bobby Lashley first? And I'm like, well, I mean, you'll get to the ring before I will anyway, so you should probably just go on ahead. Mm. Like, I think all of that stuff can lead to some really good backstage um, environment. Like, I'm really looking forward to because I've really enjoyed the RK Bro storyline. There's some similarities here, you know, like, Randy Orton is always turning on tag partners, so it's just a case, you know, when is he going to be the one to turn on, on Matt Riddle? So I'm really looking forward as well to this, telling that first chapter for eight months, and then eventually <laughs> one of them turns on each other and they just have a match. I uh, did a sarcastic thing. <laughs> oh. I did. But I actually generally am enjoying the RK Bro thing. Yeah. 
I so the bit I did not mind that the bit that I have like significant issue with, and it's just the latest example of something I've had issue with since Biggie won the title. He's not the main character in this storyline. It was always no, about Seth and Kevin Owens when it was the three way, and now Bobby's in there. He's the main baby face. Big E is just like on the side, out of camera shot, while Rollins and Owens are beating up Lashley. Like he is the big threat. Because, you know, he is. He beat everyone last week. Big E looks like a chump. Yeah, it's not. I don't like this that much. And we said this last week. We said this two weeks ago, in fact, when they first teased that Bobby Lashley was getting into the storyline. I was like, but why? And it really is because, as we've been saying, Vince McMahon woke up one day and was like, well, God damn it, pal. Bobby Lashley isn't in the he's the almighty why isn't he in this title match so he just has been shoved in like the Charlotte Flair of this triple threat he has just been randomly inserted into this and is now the focus of it and mm. I, I think it sucks for Big E I think it, like Kofi Kingston before him he is not being presented as the main focus he's not being presented as the WWE champion if you watch this show you'd be quite like if you were a first time watcher of this show it'd be quite easy to not notice that he is, in fact, the main champion of this brand. It's like they're they're trying to cover the fact that they don't have faith in him. Because yeah. if you had faith in him, like they did with Drew, you put him in singles feud after singles feud and you put him over strong. But they don't. They have him worked over for the majority of the match. They're trying to like hide him uh, in smoke and mirrors things with Owens, Rollins, now Lashley. And... Uh, I think, if anything, it's diluting the star power. I think if yeah. you present to me, Big E is the central force, here he is, great matches, singles feuds, I am going to have a much better, t easier time accepting him as a new top, top, top guy. But putting him, putting him with loads of other people doesn't work. I'm going to just echo what Ket has said here in the chats, because this is an excellent point. Big E is having the Chris Jericho mm. undisputed title run. Jericho, like for those who weren't watching the time, they put the belt on Jericho at the end of 2001 over the idea of putting it on Kurt Angle, Steve Austin, and The Rock. And they were like, oh man, Chris Jericho, we're creating this new star. But then actually, if you watch the shows, it's the top stars are Kurt Angle, Steve Austin, The Rock, and then Triple H when he came back in 2002. And Jericho was not treated as the top guy, but he had the belt. So he was just like, well, no, he is the top guy there, right? Because he's got the belt. That's exactly what is happening here. Feels like the fourth choice yeah. amongst the four that they're presenting on TV. Which is terrible for a guy who has not been a main eventer before. Yeah, exactly. Which is the same thing with Jericho. Yeah. Well, I think, but Jericho was already kind of in that mix. I felt like with he the was, rock all summer, yeah. Yeah, he was more there than Big E was when Big E cashed in. Um, but I guess he had the Roman feud. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's get into what you guys think on this botch. WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Get those chats in. We'll read out everyone over $5. Yes, just before, just, Well, just before you do, like, you know, we are in the ultra chat section of this uh, podcast now. But I'm feeling Christmassy. I'm feeling festive. But I haven't, I, I didn't get a chance to have anything like this yesterday. My title belt down for just two seconds. And it is the Christmas season. So I've got myself some cheese and crackers that I'm going to have. <laughs> I've got a nice bit of... Uh, what is this? Number 10 Downing Street? Mm-hmm. I've got some uh, Clementine and Cointreau uh, marmalade to go with this and everything. But hmm, a bit of cheese and crackers to go with this nice little business meeting that we're having and podcast. <laughs> and Chris, I didn't actually mean for that to be like a, 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 a social commentary thing. I didn't actually intend that. Mm. It has become one now. I just wanted to have some cheese and crackers. Mm. What cheese you got there? Oh, the, the bit that did go in your mouth. Just a bit, red of red Leicester. Leicester. bit of Red Leicester. Mm. It's the nation's favourite cheese. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, eat right in there. Mm-hmm. I, uh, my friend texts me. I don't know how familiar our worldwide viewers are with the current jokes around our government, but I got a text from a friend the other day being like, oh, my God, have you seen? They're having a, a cabinet meeting later today i was like oh no that probably means like a bad announcement for christmas and then i read i've said that and he went no mate read it again and i read it again and it was cabernet meeting <laughs> that's good i Ooh. also oh my, my no, friend no, sent go. me my friend sent me a picture of a positive lat flow test and he was like oh christmas is ruined for me i was like oh mate i'm so sorry when did that happen have you got any symptoms and he went Click the image, buddy. And I clicked the image and it expanded and there was a giant penis behind the test. <laughs> so I'm just not going to take anyone's messages seriously anymore, I've decided. Oh, which is a shame as well, because I, I meant to mention to you, I saw a lad when I was in Westfield the other day. I was just walking down to some Christmas shopping and the guy <laughs> went, 
bro, do you want this pamphlet? And I went, yeah, bro, sure. Okay, it took me a while. It took me a while. Oh, God. Uh, right, so onto the Ultra Chats. Liam Leonard's <laughs> been a member for five months. Well done. He says, is Defo a botch? I felt bad, but wasn't a botch. Huh? I felt bad, but what wasn't a botch was my first action in a ring with a crowd. I participated in a lumberjack match in FFPW on Sunday. Congratulations, Liam. That's great. That's real cool. Send us a send us a video on Twitter or if, if you've got anything or some pictures. It'd be great to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think also, you know, we must remember the referee was not at fault here. He is meant to count stuff as a shoot. That's the rule backstage. And I, I'm surprised stuff like this doesn't go wrong more often. Um, oh, yeah, as, but like, and Seth is like, when does Seth make a botch, really? I know, yeah. you know, occasionally injures people, but not in, obviously not intentionally. But he is like a consummate professional. So weird to happen. Um, Jack Nichols, bold prediction. The Veer is coming vignettes will continue <laughs> for eight months. And then when Jinder and Shanky are drafted to Raw, he'll arrive to join his old staple and we can forget the whole thing. I, I don't know if you saw this, um, but one of the things we got on this show was um, Biggie making fun of the can you possibly coexist or how can they possibly coexist by being like, oh, we can't use those words around here. That We can't really use the dirty C word around here. So WWE are doing a bad thing, but it's okay now because they're acknowledging that it's a bad mm. thing, which makes it not bad anymore, right? So WWE's social media account do this a lot as well. Because um, I don't know if you've noticed this, but this has been sort of doing the round. This is the last like 11 or so weeks of Veer Mahan is coming to Raw, right? And they did it today where they literally posted up being like, call your friends, <laughs> call your friends. Veer Mahan is coming to Raw. So, but it's okay. So they're doing a bad thing, but it's okay because they know it's yeah. a bad thing now. So it doesn't yeah. make it bad anymore. Completely excuses it. Uh, Charles Berg, I'm officially done with this show. I'm sure I'll be back by Royal Rumble time. It's only a month, mate. You're not officially done with the show. You'll be well. You'll take next week off. I'm officially done when I'm away with my family for the next two weeks and I won't t- tune in for another week after, but then I might be back. Uh, but I am done in the sense I cannot be invested in anything or anyone on this show. They all act like eight-year-old kids and Vince looks like a gecko. I like wrestling, not WWE. Uh, the Guilty Hat. Happy holiday period all. Remember when Bobby won the WWE title at the start of the year? We're all kind of down on him uh, to be a badass babyface with MVP. WWE does listen to its fans. Just nine months late under a completely different context. Yeah, I don't know if I'm... <laughs> also, because like... Because it, it's it's a Vince McMahon babyface as well. Like We should have seen the warning signs were there when he was like, look at his military career. It is, you know, this fat, fantastic family that he's got. And they're like, oh no, no, you're right. Because I think they're going to split him away from MVP as well. But, you know, just yeah. take away all of the things that we really like about Bobby Lashley. Just strip all of that away from him. Because Vince Man's like, well, no, we just need Bobby as the babyface. Babyfaces can't have managers. He was already getting cheered as a badass babyface in the feud with Drew. We all yeah. liked it so much. We were cheering for him. Um, I said in my review, it does feel like Big E is a transitional champion from Bobby Lashley to Bobby Lashley. <laughs> well, no, he's a transitional champion from heel Bobby Lashley to babyface Bobby Lashley. It's like that uh, Chuck- American Horror Story thing all over again. <laughs> Chuck Cassis has been a member for five months. Haven't watched WWE in a few years, and it's nice. 
Uh, only watch your Raw reviews. Something WWE related. I met Jeff Hardy on Friday. He's so cool. Love you. Love you too, Chuck. Well, that, that's good to hear. Good to hear that he's doing well. Uh, Riot DR. I remember that NXT angle with Carlo Riley and Adam Cole getting into a fight in Kyle's gym and the footage was grainy and still and I loved it. The produced video with Liv and Becky was the opposite of all of that. Ninja Becky was interesting though. Yeah, that um... Yeah, we'll get to that. Before we do get in with the play-by-play review, hey, Luke, tell me about geology. Can I get a good offer on that thing? You certainly can do, because it makes handsome a habit. So what you do is you click the link in the video description down below, and there's a quiz that you can take, and that quiz will ask you, what do you want to get out of your skincare routine? So you tell them what you want to do. For me, it was like reducing down the puffy eyes and things like that, and I also get very dry skin during the winter. So they suggest me a regiment and I now follow that regiment. I have a morning routine. I've got a daytime. I've got an evening routine. And it has really like made my skin feel so much better, so much clearer. And I now like I don't feel like I have dry skin during the winter now. And I think my eyes look slightly less puffy as well, which is remarkable because I'm getting not getting a massive amount of sleep at the moment. Uh, and that is all via Geology, making handsome a habit. Click the link in the video description down below. Take the quiz, and then you can get fifty percent <coughs> off your order. Delightful stuff. I went for about a four hour walk just around the village on Saturday and I came back with a bright red face and it didn't go away. And I thought, oh, well, I'm exhausted. I'm I'm hot, you know, in that weird way because there was no sun. There was clouds everywhere. But no, I somehow slightly sunburnt my face in December. And, you know, the one thing I didn't do was put on my face cream in the morning oh, and it's I got a little it. tiny bit of spf to you know to protect you from the rays so i, d- I don't know why I'm, i keep saying to myself i do it you know as much as my habits allow but one of my big things next year is like new year's resolution every morning evening geology yes and it's also apparently now friendo approved by the enforcer oh. yes Right, so this episode of Raw opened with Bobby Lashley coming out. MVP cut a promo, Biggie interrupted, sort of said, well, if you're so good, Bobby, why did you cheat last week? And Bobby's like, well, I didn't want to cheat. MVP did that. And then just started to like rag on MVP for a bit and put MVP in a kind of match against Big E. Yeah, this was where the warning signs were there for me being like, "Uh uh-oh, they're going to break this act up, aren't they? That's... That that's not good. That is not a good sign. And yet and it was weird because like they were both just sort of ragging on him. And then we I mean, we made this prediction last week that we would have a can they coexist tag match. And that's what we got here because Bobby Lashley goes outside of the ring while MVP sort of squares off against Big E. Bobby MVP, by the way, did not look bothered. Absolutely did not look bothered by the fact he was going to have a match with Big E while he was wearing a suit and Big E was dressed for competition. And our uh, Olin Ollins? Owens and Rollins attacked Bobby Lashley on the outside. He is the biggest threat after all. And man, like the crowd are so quiet for all of this. It was it was deafeningly quiet. I was quite shocked. Um, yeah, it, it was uncomfortable how disinterested everybody was there yeah. in the action because, you know, 
I was not interested at home. But sometimes you're there live. Wow, it's Kevin Owens. It's Seth Rollins. You have a little bit of a pop. But no, that is that is a sign that something is not working. Mm-hmm. Or it was just a bad crowd. Could be either way. Well, the, the, there was a lot of, you know, sudden noises from the crowd. Wasn't there just? Every now and again, it was just like, wow, there was some... The crowds had been very much into that in the exact same tone they were into one of the previous segments. They hate Austin Theory. They booed booed him like crazy for that short amount of time when he was walking down the aisle and you couldn't see their faces. So yes, Sonya Deville and Adam Pearce are like, well, well, coexist, tag team match. Uh... Then we got Dewdrop versus Bianca Belair, Luke's favourite series of matches of all time. You were going to say if they have one more, it's on par with Akada Omega. I hated this so, so bad. This was, this was real bad. This was real dumb. I didn't like, mm. I, I cannot fathom how you can get this wrong. Because they had the right ending, which is that Bianca Belair hit the KOD and pinned Dewdrop. That's the ending we were all waiting for. That's the everyone's retweeting the gif and stuff and the video being like, wow, look how awesome Bianca Belair is. Look how strong she is. That's really cool. Forgetting the fact that Bianca Belair has won every match in this feud. So what did she achieve here? Nothing is what she achieved. And she's there like kind of this promo backstage being like, this is going to be the end of this storied rivalry. I'm like, what storied rivalry? You keep winning. How is this a story? It was so, so dumb. I have no idea how you can do something this poorly. I like the in-ring action. That's Great. but that's all I can say. Uh, both of them as wrestlers are very, very fun to watch. After that, we had Austin Theory taking on Finn Balor. Of course, Austin Theory wants to impress his sugar daddy, Vince McMahon, and all of this. <laughs> I thought he was damn impressive in this. Yeah. Him and Finn, like Finn's a great wrestler, so it's difficult to know how much is Balor, but... Theory, in two moments, popped out these really nice moves. I don't know if he did them in NXT. And there's like a sort of neck breakery thing off of the ring apron. And then he also did a jump up. What the, Corey Graves called it a springboard Spanish fly, which it was not. It's not. No, I think Sean Ross Sapp actually gave it the best name possible, which is that he called it the Arabian, an Arabian press um, Spanish fly. Because he jumps mm. up, swings his legs over, and then uses the like the ropes as Sabu would do with the Arabian press to flip himself over while holding on to Finn to do a Spanish fly. Like it was yeah. really, really cool. Really like that. And then he goes straight for the pin, but he tries to get a selfie while making the pin. It's cocky. Finn Balor fights back. Coup de gras for the win. Finn was like really fiery at the end. I thought this, you know, this was a this was perfect. It yeah. got over Austin Theory. It didn't undermine Finn, uh, but it also gave Theory enough to be like, ah, it's not because he's not good enough. It's because he's inexperienced. That's so exactly I really it. like this. I thought it was really smart booking of both guys, really. like It gave Finn a win, which he has been sorely needing as of late, and it gave Theory the right loss. Because like Theory should have lost this match because Theory lost mm. it in completely the right way. I thought Finn made him look awesome. I really, really like this. And that's twice now because like I thought Theory was one of the standouts of the Survivor Series 10-man tag as well. Mm-hmm. And I think here he has been really great. And clearly, you know, Vince doing the story with him shows that Vince has got high prospects for him. He knows how to pick him. Austin Theory and the guy in the next what? Amos. Yeah. So yeah. So the Miz is talking with a Moss backstage 
And he's like, wow, I cannot believe you've just revealed all of that information to me about your tag team. I can't wait to talk to you about this on The Miz TV. And I was like, okay, cool. So that'll be next week's segment. Because you wouldn't do The Miz TV on the same episode you're doing The Cutting Edge with Maurice about your storyline. There's no way. What is the next segment you're Mm -hmm. doing? Oh, man, I've literally written down a series of questions. This This is what I wrote down when I was watching this. Why do we have both the Miz TV and the Cutting Edge? Why is Miz doing a talk show segment during his serious feud with the Edge? Why would you have the Miz totally undersell the importance of his Edge storyline by going into his usual Miz TV spiel? Why are AJ and Miz cutting promos on each other? They're not feuding. Why is Omos letting Miz talk on his behalf? Why is Miz here? Why did the Mysterios come out? Why did that happen? Why do I watch this show? Yeah. I mean, I yeah, I, I got so confused. I thought this was the RK Bronament final, which I said <laughs> in my review. And, uh, you know, that went out. That's in the Raw review video. Only one person's corrected me. <laughs> <laughs> so it just shows how little people care about all of this. Um, uh, you know, so... The basic gist was Miz is trying to stir the pot as usual. He says that Amos, he's heard, Amos is sick of AJ. Took AJ Styles 15 years to get to WWE, so they're doing that tired line again. Um, But Amos didn't have to lift a finger. WWE came to him. And yeah, they have the Mysterios match. AJ wants to tag in Amos. Amos won't tag in. Ray rolls AJ up. It goes two minutes. And then Amos and AJ have a brawl afterwards. They are officially split up. Amos lays out styles. And they'll have a match. Again, I got this wrong. Not at day one. No. Next week. Next week on Raw. I thought I wrote my notes they'll have a match at day one. And then they, later on in the show, they're like, it's happening next week. And it was so funny as well. I, I was listening to the Fightful post show for this. And they were like, yeah, they've got this match. I think it's going to be at the Royal Rumble because I don't think they can extend this out to WrestleMania. And then Denise was like, no, no, it'll be at day one. And then they suddenly came to the realization that it's next week and they could not fathom it. Um, But like, yeah, it was, I hated this segment. And the reason why I hate this segment is not anything to do with AJ, The Miz or Amos. It was the fact that WWE put this segment together. Mm. WWE don't know how to tell storylines now outside of talk show segments. So like, they're like, well, how do we break this tag team up? Well, we do a talk show segment. Well, we can't do the cutting edge because we've already got that booked in for the show. Oh, it's all right. We've got Miz TV. We'll put Miz TV out there. But doesn't that undermine the feud between the Miz and Edge? Well, I don't really care because we have to have these talk show segments. Otherwise, we can't tell this story. And that is a really backward way of doing this. And it just, when the Miz came down, he's like, I'm going to cut this serious promo first. You know, I love my wife. I love Maurice. And I'm really serious with Edge. Welcome to the most popular WWE show on TV, Mystic. And I'm like, well, now you've. What was the point of any of this? Because I don't, build, I don't buy into anything, and I think it's made me care even less now about the Edge Miz feud. Totally, it's the feud every week that becomes less interesting. The, I guess, the argument on paper would be Miz does this segment to build up the idea that Maurice really has turned on him. But when we get to the cutting edge segment, you'll see. I, it didn't come across like that at all. No, it was an absolute, like, sort of fluff. Uh, after that, Austin Theory doesn't knock on Vince's door backstage. He's a little bit scared. Then we get Randy Orton versus Chad Gable, which was really good for two minutes. Chad yeah. Gable's fantastic. He just out-wrestled Randy. But Randy hits an RKO. Boom, that's it. Uh, 
Otis chased off Orton, so we're probably going to get Otis versus Randy. That's next week as well. They announced that later in the show. Right. They announced a bunch of matches for next week. I, I thought they were taping it after this show. They were announcing so many matches. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, this match tells you everything you need to know about the RK Bro versus Alpha Academy feud, which is that Chad Gable and Matt Riddle are not the important ones here, so we can pin both of them quite quite comfortably. It's all about Randy Orton versus Otis. No Riddle, weirdly. Mm. We got, um, I guess. MVP asked if Bobby was just setting a trap backstage with the whole Big E thing. You know, they're in the locker room and Big uh, Bobby's like, I'm actually quite thirsty. Can you go and get me a drink of water? I liked MVP's response. I'm like, sure, champ. Like, I thought it was some like good acting. Do you know what I would like to see? MVP get a new recruit. And, mm. you know, sort of like, hey, I gave you everything and you turned your back away from me. And, you know, basically almost like <laughs> find, be a manager for someone else to feud with Bobby Lashley. Yeah. Uh, Dana, Brooke and Reggie go through a Santa's Grotto thing, escape the usual 24-7 shenanigans. This is so repetitive week after week now. Uh, Damien Priest took on Dolph Ziggler. Good match. Um, good in-ring action. But Bobby Roode interfered. Damien Priest got really angry in his, in his way that he does for his gimmick. And he got himself counted out. Yeah. So I learned today... I didn't. I don't know. This. I don't know if you knew this either. What a championship contenders match actually means. I've got my theories. Oh, really? Because I actually, I know. I now know the answer. So apparently, apparently, according to like Sean's sources at Fightful, a championship contenders match is just their way of saying non-title. So it's not actually number one contenders. It's not actually about rankings or anything like that. It's just because they felt that non-title isn't enticing enough to put on a match. So they called it a championship contenders match to rebrand and rebadge non-title matches. They've rebadged it, you fools. I I think that's clickbait. <laughs> Pot right. kettle black. Pot kettle black, you might say, Ollie. But I think that's misleading. Mm, really? Okay, so what's your theory then? Well, the, the one that we've always thought. It's a, you beat the championship, you beat the champion, you get a chance to go against the champion. But that's not Essentially, what's happened. Because they, no. they, cause, cause challengers have pinned champions in these matches and they've never got title matches out of it. But I just assumed that was WWE's lazy booking, not them actually having a different definition to what I think. I'm pretty sure they put forward what I just said on the first championship contenders match. Well, that's what I thought as well, but apparently they have just rebadged it, you fool. And it is now just their way of saying non-title match. But, you know, I, I very much enjoyed Corey Graves talking about, hey, if, if Dolph Ziggler wins this, he'll go further up the line. I was like, what line? What, what, what line of challenges have we got here? Apollo Crews hadn't won a match for months and he just walked into a title match. So backstage, Theory jumps Finn Balor you know, to impress Vince McMahon because he lost. And then he goes to see Vince McMahon. Uh, and he, he says, I, I'm so sorry I didn't beat Balor, but then I beat him up backstage. And Vince says, you know, of course, I've translated it from... Uh, I like that you beat the chocolate pudding out of him. <laughs> Is that what he said? I can't make out a lick of what he's saying. I mean, he could have said something completely different. That's you, what I heard. You heard chocolate pudding. He beat the chocolate pudding out of him. 
Maybe it was Christmas pudding. <laughs> but that... well, Christmas Christmas pudding would make sense because the line he has later would on it? when he's well, it when uh, it would because he the line he has later on, which is like, I like firing people over the holidays. It gives me a warm feeling in my stomach, as if like you know, there's a sort of like the warm Christmas glow you would get, which is kind of what I think he was sort of referring to. At least that's that was the the the, the read I had on it. So maybe Christmas pudding. Yeah. Do Americans have Christmas pudding though? Is that a British thing? I don't know. You you know when um what's that? Yeah, because he says it gives me a warm feeling inside my stomach when I've eaten some food. Was he just hungry? Everyone's like, everyone in the chat is saying that it is chocolate pudding. So you were right. They, he beat the you beat the chocolate pudding out of him. What could that mean? The crap? Um, is 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 it like that? Does a poo look like a brownie? Chocolate maybe. pudding. Maybe, maybe that's. Should I be saying that to my kids? Oh, good chocolate pudding there, kiddo. Oh, someone's been at the chocolate pudding. <laughs> I feel like half of these shows that we do, these reviews, are becoming just ways to decipher Vince's mumbo jumbo. Do you have any idea what he's doing with the pencil thing? Like, I get he is the Booker, and he therefore he is the pencil. But that is such an old-timey thing for Vince to be referencing. I don't think Vince would be referencing that sort of, like, old-timey lingo. He is the pencil. I didn't even think that was what it was. Yeah. Like, when Brian Pillman, like, wrestled that pencil, um, and it was, like, during his thing with Kevin Sullivan, like, you know, and I, I don't respect you, Booker oh. Man, and all that sort of stuff. So I, I think that's what it is, but it feels so old, feels so Southern wrestling for Vince to reference that, which Vince absolutely hates. I got the because last week he said, you know what this is? And it's a pencil. He holds it to Austin Theory. What's the most important end? And Austin's like, the the sharp one that you actually use to write stuff with. And Vince is like, no, it's the eraser. And this week he he rubs some stuff out on a page and then he blows the sort of, you know, the sort of debris you get when you rub something out, erase something on to Austin Theory as if it was snow and then he started going ho 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 Do so I don't, he, um... I don't think it's a Booker thing I think he's just saying you can always erase what you've done do you think that he like rubbed out the uh, or erased I should say for our American viewers do you think he erased the um, the finish of the main event and that's why everyone was really confused by the finish <laughs> that was that was the booking <laughs> shit. That legit booking <laughs> shit. Uh... I, I forgot what I wrote down now. Um, so the big thing about all of this is that when he's talked, so what he does is he gives Theory a rematch against Balalat next week because he liked how he attacked him. But before he gets there, he's like, what should I do with you? Maybe I should fire you. And this is the exact quote. I enjoy firing people. I especially enjoy firing people just before the holidays. And this has, I put this up on my, this was sort of our lead story in the news earlier. Like, this is bad taste, is it? And it was pretty much unanimous in the comments. Yes, that was bad taste. WWE have fired loads of people this year. Mm -hmm. They shouldn't. They shouldn't have said this. But then at the same time, there's a part of me that's thinking... It's the it's Mr. McMahon's character. He fires is, people all yeah. the time. But I think it also comes under that bracket of like, well, 
can they coexist isn't a terrible storyline because they reference it on TV that it's a bad storyline. So now it can't be bad anymore. And I think Vince McMahon being on TV being like, I fire people because I'm a bad character while the real life person has been firing people all year long doesn't like make it right. It doesn't undo it. I'm not saying that. I'm, I think the two things are unrelated. I don't think Mr. McMahon or Vince is saying this line and as a way to troll the viewer. I mm. think he goes into these segments without a script or if he's given a script, he cannot remember it and he just says stuff and this is a trope from his character that he can easily lean on. Uh, that, that's, I think you might be on the money with that, actually. Now, that the more I think about it, because, you know, like his catchphrase is, you're fired. So, like, it's not like Vince hasn't been doing this for the past 20 odd years. So maybe it is just a case of, he, that, hey, this is what his character does. This is what his character says. It just comes off across as bad taste because they fired mm. 160 people over two years. Yeah, I think um, if, if this, I don't think this was a planned line. And if it was a planned line, it was Vince. But what you know, they they did the stuff with Liv Morgan and Edge. They both brought up the firings. But apparently, those were their suggestions. Mm. That's the those the, the reports were it was like Edge wrote yeah. that into the script, and and Liv Morgan wanted to put it in the script as well. But those good were Vince's lines. I mean, good, like, good job that the crowd really reacted to them. <laughs> that was worth sarc- it. I'm sarcastic, by the way. They did not. Bubba Ray's at home being like, yes, <laughs> the heel heat. I dare you. I dare someone to do an actual bad guy thing in 2021, you bunch of snowflakes. But don't do it to Velvet Sky because I will be upset about it. <laughs> um. So after that, we got the cutting edge segment with Maurice. Why is Edge doing the cutting edge in 2021? He looks so sad about it. And he's like, so great to bring the cutting edge back. I'm like, is it Edge? Do you really believe what you're saying there? You're happy? This new Edge character to bring back your talk show segments? Yeah, it's no good. And Marie sat down and she was playing up the idea that you know, because she slapped Miz last week when Miz pulled her in front of her and Maurice is like, he's a horrible man. He does all of this. I've got to think about my children and stuff now. And Edge it just says, I don't believe you. I think you're full of crap. And I know this is just a way for Miz to, to surprise attack me. And then the Miz surprise attacked him. What was the, the point? Door. I don't know. This is... This is two weeks of st- like two weeks of TV, and it was pointless. I know, because <laughs> Edge is literally going like, "Well, I know the Miz is going to come out and attack me in a second, so come on out here, Miz." Then the Miz surprise attacks him and stands tall, and Edge is laid left laying in the ring. I'm like, "Well, now you look even dumber because you knew it was coming and you still lost." I think take a page from Becky's book. You have a fake edge come out <laughs> oh, no. for the yeah. cutting edge segment. Lord. And then Miz jumps the fake head, but you can't see him because he's got a hair over his face. And he's like doing the lines from backstage to the microphone. So Miz jumps him and then Edge jumps him. It's a surprise, surprise attack. Yeah, this was this was bad. This was a mm. terrible segment. And it is like week to week to week this feud is losing so much steam and like why would you do the miss why would you do the maurice reveal at day one 
like do the Miz reveal at day one and give Miz the win over Reg, and then you can set up the um the, the intergender tag match. Because they did bring up Beth in this segment. So that is clearly mm -hmm. the direction we're heading. And I think you Miz beats him at day one via the you know Maurice revealing it was dastardly plans and whatnot. And then you can do the tag match at the Rumble or do it at WrestleMania or whatever. So there's like a lot of raw, it's first draft booking that they have not mm. revised. Uh Veer Mahan still coming to Raw. Do you know he wrestled on main event though? Did he really? Yep, he beat T-Bar. Oh man, I was wrong. I thought his first match would be against Shelton, Be Shelton Benjamin or Cedric Alexander or Akira Tozawa. That was those were my three front runners. I read that he that this was just on Twitter though, so I don't know if this this wasn't like a live report, but someone said he he won on main event, but he incorrectly pinned uh, T-Bar twice. What do you mean? He incorrectly I don't know. I don't know what that means. What does that possibly mean? He incorrectly They were on their front. They're outside the ring. I'm just trying what, to think like of Cameron? Alicia Fox mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> What's the, what other Alicia Fox mistakes can we... Th don't bring out the Alicia Fox stands. They'll come after you. They'll, they'll, oh, yeah. they'll, hunt, you, they'll hunt you down. <laughs> Hall of Fame level talent. She's a you know, former Divas champion. Mm. Um, yeah, that that don't sound great. Poor old Dijak, by the way. Christmas Day. Yeah. Uh, Rhea Ripley took on Queen Zelina next. She beat her in two minutes. And the story they're telling here is that Nikki and Carmella were banned from ringside and Rhea could win without Nikki. So maybe Nikki really is an anchor around her neck. This is the women's tag team title feud. It's a story, but yep. I don't think it's been performed or presented well. No, but I, I, you know, at least Rhea won here. And I think the story that like Nikki's the one, who, but like, did really did Nikki really cost her the match last week, or was it Rhea Ripley going over to be like, "Oh, you're all right, mate. You got kicked oh, in the head, dear. Oh, mate, you got kicked in the head, dear. Do you want me to look over it?" And then getting rolled up like an idiot. Like, is that is that Rhea, mm. is that Nikki's fault or is that Rhea Ripley's fault? Yeah. Uh, and then the final segment we'll talk sorry, about because we've sorry. already covered. How do you incorrectly pin the only other person in the match? <laughs> I don't know. Don't know. Uh, this is the last thing we'll talk about on the episode because we've already covered the main event, and that is Liv Morgan's promo, short film attempt, and then dueling promo with Becky. So Liv comes out and she's on the mic, and I think you know there's a lot of love for Liv, mm -hmm. love Morgan. The in in the arenas when she had that title match against Becky on social media, people love Liv Morgan. And I am not there yet. I'm not like, yes, push her to the top of the division, but I've always liked Liv. I think she's got a great look. I liked her in the Riot Squad. I, I think she's improved so much as a wrestler. She is not good on the mic. I don't think the scripting helps. Like, I, all of this is not mm. all on Liv. Like, the, yes. the, she is given bad, bad verbiage Terrible. to work with. And it, like, it's the way that WWE puts together shows as well. They have a recap package of Liv Morgan challenging Becky to a rematch and then getting attacked. And you then cut back to Liv Morgan, who starts off her promo saying, last week, I challenged Becky to a rematch and then I got attacked. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I know, I literally just saw that. Why are you telling me it twice? And then she throws to this video. And I... I didn't. I, I very nearly ran with this as like the lead story in yesterday's news. 
because I was thinking like this feels like an Ollie Davis special because it's like a sort of a grainy camera thing, attack at performance something, you know, like attack Becky Lynch attacked at gym. You could find some way to sort of like sensationalize it maybe. And I thought, ah, I'm, I'm better than that. I'm not going to go through with that thing. <laughs> I'm so, so glad I didn't because this is the first time I've seen it. And this is toilet. This was so hilariously terribly done. So imagine your friend who tried to make an action movie that your friend whose favorite director is Michael Bay tried to make an action movie in a garage with a couple of iPhones and their mates. That's what that's, that's the production level of this. Um, It's so to describe it in case you haven't seen it, Liv goes into what is meant to be Becky's training school. There's a ring. There's a bunch of trainee wrestlers around the ring. And there are two women in the ring wrestling. And one of them has long red hair and it covers her face. We're meant to think it's Becky Lynch. Turns out that it's not. Uh, Liv Morgan gets in the ring. She hits her with the kendo stick. The lady goes down. But it's not Becky. The camera cuts back to Liv. And it's Liv standing there, but now Becky's behind her. They brawl, uh, and then Liv gets the better of her. Becky goes off. The problem is, this is meant to be like a oh, a found footage thing. And the way NXT does stuff like this, or anyone who understands filmic grammar, would be it's it's a static shot from a point of view of a security camera, or it's someone on their phone. And they're just like, okay, let's get this take again. I'll show you back how you're doing this wrestling move wrong. But they didn't do that. They shot it is in, in what you would call a multi-cam shoot, where it doesn't make sense because you need at least three different cameramen posed in areas of the building to get these shots. So as soon as you start cutting between different camera shots in what is supposed to be a reality spontaneous attack, it, it just... As a viewer, it it does not ring true. Not only that, the the opening shot of this was a point of view shot of Liv Morgan opening the door and walking to the ring. It was you know, you know like the opening to Halloween, and then like so you've got all of that like the the way that this show was like you know the, the way that this segment was put together and edited and shot and everything like that. Then you have to apply the logic that Liv Morgan flew to Iowa for a surprise attack on Becky that Becky anticipated and anticipated the moment that she would go through the door. So put a body double in her place so that she could outsmart Liv Morgan, who flew to Iowa to attack her. Mm. And at the end of this, Becky is like, oh, you've beaten me. And she's outside the ring with all of her trainees. And Liv, a lone woman in a strange place in a garage, is in the ring. And the door is behind Becky and her trainees. What happened next? (laughs) How does she get out of that building without having the ever-living crap kicked out of her? Yeah, this was, thankfully, like all of that was bad. Thankfully, Becky Lynch came out to save this segment. And she... But not before it cut back to live in the ring. And Liv said, as you see there, (laughs) Becky anticipated me, but I fought through it. I'm like... Freaking how I just saw how crap this is. Oh, God. 
Yeah. And that yeah, and then finally Becky comes out to to attempt to save this segment because she's such a good promo and she's such a good character. I applaud them for trying, but this is not working. And it really is. And I don't think any of it's on fault of Liv. Nothing of this is Liv Morgan's fault. None of it's Becky Lynch's fault. I think it's the way that the scripting and it's being produced and the way it's being written is just not working. And I, th I think Liv's promos are really, really bad. I think Liv has to take some of the blame. She is not a good talker. I don't think I've ever seen her naturally say stuff, even stuff that's not scripted. So, you know, but, do you, do, you know, like you, you say the same thing about Brock Lesnar. You hide that. You, or yeah. you put them with a manager. You just don't accent. You don't give them ten-minute in-ring promo segments. You don't put them against the best talker on Raw right now and expect them to not come across as a, a as completely second tier. So I, I do think this is on Liv. You know, Liv can take blame for this. It's unfortunate she's put in this position, and we don't know how much sway they had on this segment. Like. Mm. Is is was this one of their ideas? Because I'm honestly, not. this the short film thing, the way it was filmed and the plot of it, is the idea of an idiot. <laughs> yeah, it, it, and it, it, yeah, it's bad. It's someone. It's you know that this is this is stuff that people pitch at school in media studies of stuff they would think look that looks cool. Yeah, terrible. Yeah, this was this was comfortably the worst thing on the show by some leap and bound as well. <sighs> Two out of five for me. This episode is <laughs> raw. Uh, I mean, you're in step with the rest of uh, the SWAP Nation as well. We put this up on our community tab. They 45% gave it two out of five. 26% said it was an average show. 19% thinking it was a one out of five raw for show. It was no good. Uh, I'm sticking with two out of five though. Yeah. Thank you to everyone who's joining so far, and also a big thank you to our $25 a month or more Pledge Hammers on Patreon. Thank you to the Pim Particle, Terry Hankamer. Oh, yeah. LL Cool J Pause. Yeah. An expert dancer, great swayer man. Yeah. Always leave the crowd wanting Brian Moore. Yeah. Marcus, he's got Soul Campbell. Yeah. Zoe Sung, 101. The Incredible Tarzo. Yeah. The Pharaoh, Stephen Mazzaferro. Yeah. Always Shining, Garrett Albright. Yeah. The Easiest Name to Pronounce, Josh Rosalskis. Yes. Le Chef de la Tribu, Links the Sun. Yeah. And lastly, for this Hall of Fame class on the 21st of December, <clears throat> 2021, the heir to the throne, Kate Ayers. Yeah. What can they get if you're a Patreon uh, member right now, Luke? What, right this second? Well, not only right do you get this back, second, not only do you get the back catalogue of everything that we have been doing for the last three or so years, <laughs> you will now get NXT TakeOver London reviewed by Mr. Davis and myself. It's about two and a half hours, nearly three hours, I think, that podcast run is. One hour of that is just us talking about Star Wars The Force Awakens. And 
the yesterday we recorded Wrestle Talk After Dark, which is us getting together, having a few drinks, answering some of your random questions, mostly Christmas related this week. And we played a game of herd mentality and we had a great time. Nice. Go over to patreon.com forward slash wrestle talk to get involved over there. And let's close off with your ultra chats. Charles Berg, let me clarify. I said the first half as a joke, saying I'm officially done, and then immediately saying I'll be back in a month. Sorry, that oh, was lost I in the yeah, yeah. That is a good joke, Charles. But what I am done with is being invested in the characters because there is no reason to be. Anyway, happy holidays. Jam that jam. Uh, Zooey Sung, as a Bobby stan, raw making him face is lovely. Poor Liv, uh. So, unpopular opinion. I've always liked Randy. His social media game always gave me the ugly giggles. I mean, hey, you're not alone in that because if you, the crowd reactions to Randy Orton, <clears throat> and we said this for the last couple of weeks as well, you, I don't think you can ever turn him heel again. Mm. Um, controversial opinion. Raw's roster, as it currently stands, he is the only true main eventer. Uh, him on Raw, like on WWE in general, because yeah, I think you on, probably on argue. Raw. On Raw, one hundred percent, absolutely one hundred percent agree with you. Because you look at the reactions he's getting compared to what the top four stars going for the title are getting, he is mm. head and shoulders above all of them. The bad one, Jam Beard. Fear has been coming more than some porn stars. It's a semen joke. <laughs> Nick Carter. Okay, hear me the, out. I, you won't, you won't have seen this actually, but there's um, Von Wagner on um, uh, NXT cut a promo. I think it was on against Kyle O'Reilly or something where he said, come Tuesday, I'm going to beat you up. And a lot of people have rebranded Tuesdays now to come Tuesdays. <laughs> <laughs> the opposite to no nut November. Uh, <laughs> Nick Carter says, okay, hear me out. Ever seen the producers? I think WWE do their own version, making deliberately bad products to maximize their dollars and somehow... It seems to be working. Well, it's not working in viewership figures. Is, yeah, I was going to say, I don't think it is working. It's working money-wise. They are making, you know, lots of money through TV deals, but I don't think it's, I think it's fully working. The idea with the producers, you put on the musical Springtime with Hitler, a musical about Hitler, and it will bomb. But actually, it was so controversial, everybody came to see it, they made loads of money. So, yeah. I read uh, Mel Brooks wrote an article on Spaceballs over the weekend. Oh, wow. I, I reread it and I was like, I just want to watch Spaceballs all Christmas. Yeah, right. What a movie. Such a good film. I'm a mug, half man, half dog. I'm my own best friend. <laughs> <laughs> that really gets, that really gets me. Uh, Mr. Kachili. Hi guys, I asked this on Quizzlemania stream, but Ollie had left. So with his return, with her return any day now, how and where? Who do you think he's asking about, Luke? I mean, yeah, give you give you five guesses. It's uh, it's Alexa Bliss. Return as Raw needs her back. I disagree with Vince Russo that she's damaging the credibility as a top star with her character. I think a return at the Rumble is the best with her coming back like the goddess, but only until pushed to too far or someone mentions Lily or her last year so she appears fixed and normal until she has to get angry. Hope you have a great Christmas, lads. Jam that jam. Hope you have a great Christmas too, Mr. Kajili. 
Absolutely. I, I think a Rumble return is probably for the best. I don't really care which version we get, but I think the Rumble return is, you know, a really good Rumble return pop, I think would be great. I also don't agree that I think that they that Raw needs her back, but I would say that, I mean, you saying I disagree with Vince Russo is probably every single wrestling fan <laughs> on the planet. Uh, ben Schofield. Hi, guys. Merry Christmas. Luke, I am begging you to do Triple H for Actually Good. It would be such an interesting episode. Particularly because I can't really tell you any Triple H matches that I've loved. I just... Uh, so, the, I agree. The two Undertaker ones. I agree with Ben, but I just... I feel bad about crapping on the guy right now. Yeah. You know? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, Wait you're absolutely back. right. Yeah. Zooey oh, son. Can, can, we, can we just... Can we don't convince Russo a little bit more? Do people still yeah. listen to what Vince Russo has to say? Is that is that a, a commonly held opinion on people? I don't know. I don't think <laughs> so. I think if if a Vince Russo says something controversial, but there's no one around to listen, <laughs> is it controversial? Well, I think he's just like, his bad takes have just been replaced by Booker T now. I think mm. if we, if people get a Booker T now for terrible takes. No one's going to Vince Russo anymore. Yeah. Uh, Zoe Sung, as a Riot Squad fanatic, I was sad for many years. AEW is great and really deserves all the flowers and praise. Thank you, AEW. <laughs> also, uh, Cactus Jack uh, versus Triple H was also a really good match. Uh, Matthew Robinson, hey, thank you for watching Raw. So we don't have to. You guys are awesome. Question I was thinking of traveling to London for New Year's. How crazy is the potential lockdown you have going on? If I make it, would love to buy you guys a couple of rounds of beer. I'll be honest with you, Matthew. I ain't going to be out in London on New Year. Hell no. Am I going to be around London in New Year's time? You mental. Uh, stay at home, Matthew. We'll find another time in the summer yeah. to do that is a much wiser idea. Absolutely. Charles Berg uh, is a member for eight months in a row. He said, I actually subscribed. So what's the second best gift? Thumbs up. Yeah. I think a thumbs up, yeah. Uh, Aaron has been a member for five months. Just said, Merry Christmas, lads. Have a great one. You too as well. Planet Dan ASMR. Hi, lads. I've just tested positive. Oh, I should read this out normally. Uh, hi, lads. Oh. Just tested positive <laughs> for the... Oh, man, now I feel bad. I, thought, I just saw ASMR and I thought we could do something. No. Hi, lads. Just tested positive for the virus just a few days before Christmas. Just my luck. At least I have you, AEW and video games to keep me company. I'll still enjoy Christmas just without all my family. I hope you enjoy your Christmases too. That absolutely sucks, Dan. I'm so sorry to hear that. So sorry to hear that, Dan. Yeah, that's awful news. <sighs> Greg House. Wow, Greg House has donated 40 bucks and says, hey guys, thanks for another amazing year of content from you guys, especially you two. The best two. Didn't think could Luke be any better, and this year, he has. Oh, thanks. Ollie, just great, mate. Thanks for helping me keep sane this year. Thank you so much, Greg. That's so generous of you. So Luke's Luke's gotten better this year, is what I read from that. Well done, Luke. Ollie? Yeah. Just Would you think just that's coasted. Because, because you were already at like a top level. Like there was nowhere yeah, else for you, nowhere else for you to I'll go. Take that. I'll like take Randy that. Orton, basically. There's nowhere else for Randy Orton to go at this point. <laughs> Josh Davis, also with a huge donation, 66 bucks, says, Hey Lance, I've had a pretty bad day at work, but managed to come home to catch you guys uh, live. Thanks for reviewing awful wrestling shows like Raw and cheering me up. Genuinely, WrestleTalk, PFK, No Rolls Bad have helped me a lot these last three years. Merry Christmas. Well, Merry Christmas to you, Josh, and thank you so much for your genuine, uh, for your very generous donation. Thank uh, you bacon. Very much. Bacon Rasher, hi lads. I've not been able to ultra chat recently. Damaged tendons in my wrist. Oof. 
All good now. Ready to go out with my friends for cheese and wine. Have a great Christmas. Thank you for all you do. Hashtag this government's PS over four months of not watching <laughs> WWE. Jam that jab. You just get the this government bit. This government. <laughs> <laughs> this government. Uh, David Evans said, hi, gents. Thanks for all the content during these past 12 months. Hope you both have a very Merry Christmas. Luke, as you listen to the Fightful Post Show, what do you think of Sean's song about Denise and his take on It's a Wonderful Life? So I don't know if you saw the Friday show, uh, Ollie, but Denise said that uh, It's a Wonderful Life is a very boring movie, which you would expect to hear from her. She's a child. So you'd expect to hear her say that. So she mentioned this on the Fightful Post show and said, I was having an argument with Luke that it's a boring movie. And Sean also said, yeah, that's a boring film. Okay. I don't well, know whether that's we should... sad to hear. They're wrestling experts. They're not movie experts. No. I just don't think we should invite him back for Quizzlemania is what I'm saying. He's the champion. He's got us hostage, Luke. <laughs> But also, yeah, that his song about Denise. Not, I don't think it was as good as last year's song about Denise. Mm -hmm. uh, this one was was pretty good. Uh, the legit underboss, Ollie. Will twenty twenty two be the year you join the lovely boys and win the Quizlemania six person tag titles? Oh, we haven't thought about doing six person tag titles before. Six person, bloody hell! <laughs> there's, there's only twelve Quizlemanias a year now. <laughs> Man, all the people in chat, it is a boring movie. It is a boring film. It is a boring film. I think you're confusing old with boring, you uncultured people. You people don't know good when it when it's for free on TV every Christmas. It's the it's not just the best Christmas movie, it's the greatest movie ever made. Frank Capra, one of the greatest filmmakers of his generation, sadly not recognized enough these days. How dare you? I believe one of his films was the first ever movie to sweep the Oscars. And you're just going to sit there and say it's a boring movie? Incorrect. You're boring because you don't bring your own personal emotional investment to experiences that involve you to stay off your phone for more than two hours. You're uncultured, ungrateful, lovely people who continue to support this podcast and watch us. As Jonas says here, um, oh, where's the comment? Uh, if it was good, wouldn't be on free for TV. It's been out for freaking 80 years. It's going to get on TV at some point. It's probably not even under copyright anymore. <laughs> Kim, these are wrestling fans. They have bad opinions about stories. That's good. That's good. I'm going to fantasy book James Stewart's career <laughs> better. Yeah, I mean, you are right. It is like, it is a modern masterpiece. It's a, it's a masterpiece. Not even a modern masterpiece. It's just a masterpiece. Um, it's a pillar of popular culture. And cinema. <laughs> Thanks, Ridley. <laughs> Greg House said, Luke has got better with all the advert stuff, etc. Both of you stay great at the review. So that is you being very still good. I've just been more good at <clears throat> advertising and telling people to go and buy stuff. I told you that privately. I said, God damn, you've done a great job making money this year. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. I've already got some lined up for January as well. Uh, and Kevin May lastly said, hello, just want to say happy Christmas, whatever you celebrate. Also, in ghost hunting shows, when you get garbled messages from beyond the grave, that's Vince in human form. Thank you for all you do. My best of the WrestleTalk world. Oh, that is good. Well, thank you very much, everybody, for joining us here. This is our last live podcast together for the rest of 2021 but we will be back not even for raw the first week because 
just day one is throwing us off a bit. There's going to be no day one podcast, everybody, no. because, you know, we want to spend time with our families. I will do a day one review on the main WrestleTalk channel, though. That'll be edited down. Um, but yeah, uh, AEW Dynamite will be the next time we record something live. Yes, that will be. It will be next year, like January 6th or 7th or something like that, because I'm also not in the first roar of the year because I've got a day off. The go-home show for Battle of the Belt. It is, yeah, that would be very exciting. Also, just want to bring up this last comment at home that just said, Ollie, you should always be like this. I would pay for a one-hour podcast each week where you talked about movies. Sounds like something we do on the Cineworld channel. It is. Me and Ollie do a movie show every single week over at Cineworld's YouTube channel. It's called What's On at Cineworld Cinemas. We talk about the latest and greatest movies that are out in the cinema. Um, I'm going to bring this up. <laughs> Don't some. I, I'm not. Bl I did not blame any generation. I blame Sean is of my generation. You need to, black and white television is not something that 33, 35 year olds were brought up with. No, nope, we were not. I had a colored TV when I was a child. I had a colored TV when I was a child, and I we did. had to stand up and change the channel on the on the box. I did. I had a 12 inch uh, color TV in my room I, and I could just about get all four channels on it. Channel four was a bit iffy, but I could just about get channel four. Could de didn't definitely didn't get channel five when that came in, but I could get at least the first four main channels. Stick a pencil in the back. <laughs> Anyway, thank you all so much for watching. Please also click the video in the video description down below. Head on over to Geology, making handsome a habit and get yourself 50% off your order. It's a 30 second quiz and you'll look so much better. It's a good way to start off 2022 if you think about it, actually. Start off the best way, make handsome a habit. Geology, thank you so much for sponsoring and sponsoring us for the last few months as well. They've been a really, really, uh, been very supportive of this show. We're very supportive of them. So thank you all so much for watching. It'll be Pete and Tempest tomorrow. Lost Intangibles, the Bananas, uh, talking about NXT, and then it'll be Ollie and Pete doing AEW Dynamite this coming uh, Thursday. Then, Ollie and I will be counting down the best wrestlers of 2021 on Friday. It's the Christmas special on Saturday. Then myself and Adam will be counting down the best matches and pay-per-views uh, of 2021 this coming Sunday. Oh, there's a lot of, lot of content. So much content. So you better subscribe. Are you seasonably festive? Well, you know, I, I was a bit. Uh, definitely the previous Saturday, I had the friendness thing. We went karaoke. And the next day, COVID was everywhere. Mm -hmm. So, like, I feel like the COVID took the shine off a bit. But on Sunday, I went to our local town hall and we watched some carol singers oh, do a load, of, a load of hits. And it nice. was lovely. It was like... Uh, I think there were more people in the carol service than in the actual audience outside uh, with our mold wine freezing. And it was pretty much exclusively f 40 and above year old women. Yeah. And at one point they did a version of come O ye faithful in some kind of Paul Simon Graceland Africana style beat. So it was like, um, bum, boy. <laughs> and seeing seeing a group of like 30 40 year old like 40 plus year old women 
unironically doing this sort of Afrikaan style beat. Well, there was a, there was a bungle a, a bongo thing in the background as well. Oh, it was it was beautifully cultural appropriation. <laughs> signed off. I thought it was so sincere and lovely. What about you? Uh, I am. Yeah. I oh, I watched Single All the Way, uh, and I thought it was totally fine. In the same way that Love Hard was totally fine. <clears throat> it's nice to have a homosexual rom-com that isn't about coming out. It's just like, it's a normal rom-com and it's yeah. naff. And that is That's a quality. Exactly I said this to my wife because uh, did you watch like last year's Happiest Season that was directed by no. um, Claire Duval? Like that's a it's a that's a really really good movie. Features some like stunning performances from Kristen Stewart and Aubrey Plaza, and like it's a really really good, great movie. And I was saying to my wife, I was like, it just feels a lot of times that because um, the gay community, the gay community haven't the had gay community. <laughs> the gay community haven't had representation for so long on screen. They feel like we should really make an effort. And make good movies, which is you know it's really admirable. But these people here were just like, nah, let's make something that's a bit naff. Let's just make something that's a yeah. bit pants. Like it's all like it's fine. It's totally fine. But yeah, like we'll just make something that's just as naff as a castle for Christmas. Because back when I was at uni, all gay cinema was just so sincere and so overwrought. Because like you know those films weren't being made. So when a chance to make that film was, it sh it should be serious and of a certain quality. But thankfully culture and society and the industry's come so far since where they can have crap movies too it's like the, it's like women's wrestling you know for true equality in wwe you get crap storylines yeah you're welcome alexa bliss <laughs> so yeah no i'm feeling pretty good i've actually had my in-laws round uh the last couple mm. of days and um, we were doing some like present exchanging and stuff because my parents are coming down on thursday COVID, you know, you know, touch wood, uh, we're all fine and everyone's safe to come round. Um, so they're coming down on Thursday. So my my in-laws have been here and we had like some dinner last night. My kids have been crying a lot though, like in the evening. So I haven't really seen them much. Uh, but that's that's also been nice because we got to like, you know, sit around both trees um at different times and just you know, see people. Like I got to see my sister-in-law for about an hour and she stayed overnight. And nice. she was here till she was here till lunchtime today, and I've seen her for about an hour total. So is this just because you have to go into another room and coo the baby? Well, you, there's, there's no soothing the baby at this point. Like mm. she is just she just needs to get it out of her system, so she will just scream and cry. And it's oh, probably best God. if we just take her to a different room and we just sit with her because like our soothing won't do anything. Feeding her like she'll just she won't she won't be fed either. So you just got to sit there and just let her scream for an hour. And what's your tactic to deal with this? Do you do you just do, have you got some earplugs or nope, nope. Me, pop me, in the... me and my wife just just try and chat to each other while it's going on. Oh, good grief! Yeah, while, while there's the... a, is, is it kind of like white noise now? Then no, no, because it's super loud. Like it's it's oh. amazing how loud she can be. She's so small. There's this there's this uh you know we need to talk about Kevin, the great Lim Ramsey film. And there's a moment because her, her son's so awful to her and it keeps crying and crying and crying as a baby that she stands next to a pneumatic drill in the street uh, in some roadworks and the baby's crying while that's happening. But she's got like, this look of bliss on her face because <laughs> she can just hear the drill. <laughs> 
Yeah. So that, but you know what? Even with that said, it's been nice to have people around. I did the big food shop last weekend. Mm. Went to the big. I went to the big Morrison's and I spent two hundred and one pounds on buying uh, veg and party food and some drinks and stuff. It was such a big shop, Ollie Davis. I had to essentially do it twice because there wasn't enough room. <laughs> Checking left it tro- twice because there was not enough room in the trolley for me to get all the stuff that I needed. So filled the trolley up, piled it high. Uh, I had to, because I was on my own as well, put stuff onto the checkout, go down to the end, bag some of it, go back, oh, wow. put the rest of it onto the trolley, uh, onto the checkout, pack it up, and then go and put the final bit of that on. And then on Sunday, I had to go to my local Sainsbury's to get all the bits that I'd missed. And I so, spent a further £160. £361 in total. Yes, but I did have nectar points. So actually, you know, I saved myself 60 quid. You're making money back. That's what I said. That's what I said to are the we, cashier. Are we talking the, the deep trolleys or the mm-hmm. shallow trolleys? No, no, deep two, trolleys. Two deep trolleys? Oh, yeah. Christ alive. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And, and what bit of food are you most excited about eating? Roast potatoes. Mm. Mm-hmm. Roast potatoes, Yorkshire puddings, gravy. I bought some chorizo pigs in blankets just because I saw them. Posh beggar. It's from the co-op, and I saw them (laughs) in their in their Christmas section, which is exclusively beige, and they were they were popping like these little pink delights. I thought I'm just going to buy these; they look quite tasty, and they are (laughs) (laughs) eating them without Christmas dinners, just snacks. Uh, well, that is all we have got time for on this episode of the Wrestle Podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for joining us this year as well. Ollie is still live, though. He's going to be live this coming Thursday with the AEW show. He's doing that with Pete Quinnell. Pete and Tempest, that's his name, will be doing the NXT review tomorrow. And then, yeah, we've got a bunch of special episodes coming out. Best Wrestlers on Friday, the Christmas special on Saturday, the best matches and pay-per-views coming out on Boxing Day, then the worst matches and pay-per-views coming out on the Monday. And there'll still be like there'll still be, still be reviews of Raw, SmackDown. Oh no, not SmackDown. There'll be still reviews of Raw, NXT, and AEW next week. It'll just be with Pete, Andy, and Laurie. And no days to, off. No days off for Pete. Well, he had last week off, so he did have days off. And and it's going to be great. And it's going to be wonderful content, including AJ versus Amos. But until then, take care, everyone. Happy Merry Christmas. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.